You're listening to the Three Count Podcast. I'm the heart killer, Chris Wild, and get ready for the most wild recording on the internet today. Welcome, everybody, to another great edition of the Three Count Podcast presents Now Winter Ring, and I'm your host, Clifford Red Dog Miller, the man that leads you up this mountain called wrestling. And by our 200 and something episode show, I would think that most of you would just say it. I am your Sherpa, because like your tribal chief, acknowledge me. But like every good Sherpa, it's never about me. It's about who's entering. So who's entering the ring today? You can find this man at ACW, 1CW, ECWA, GPW, DCW, 302, and FPW. He is the he is the heart killer himself, Chris Wild. What is going on? What an intro. I've been on <laughs> look, listen, I, I've done a lot of these, and that's the best intro I've I've seen or heard. Oh man, I appreciate that. Thank Way you. Way to go. Hell yeah. <laughs> Yo, so one, thank you for coming on the show, man. I definitely appreciate this. No problem, man. I, I, I really appreciate doing these, to be honest with you, man. It's good to uh to to get out the knowledge and to um you know share some stories. That's what the, the professional wrestling business is all about. I mean, you, you look around now, it's like every wrestler has a podcast, right? Like everybody is uh is willing to to share. Um so I'm glad to to be here. Yeah, I think the one thing about a lot of other podcasts I like to listen to is a lot of people get away from, like, the wrestling side of things. Because if you look at, like, Scorpio Sky, he's always talking about, like, you know, what's going on in the pop culture world, right? If you yeah. pay attention to Chris Van Vliet, like, he's talking to wrestlers, but he's talking about, like, more about, like, their history. He's looking at it kind of, like, from a fan aspect because he, you know, even though he's done some things in a business, he hasn't really worked in the business. Right. And then if you look at, you know, obviously you get great knowledge from guys you know, like uh, bust it open, right? Because yeah. well, where else are you going to get that stuff? Really? But their master class is pretty much kind of like where I like to listen to a bunch of the stuff because obviously you're, you're getting knowledge from like three to greats just yeah. right there. And I, I look at the show and I'm like, yo, there's not a podcast where it's like a person coming up in the business asking about knowledge. Yeah, yeah, you're right there. It's, um, uh, I definitely like this uh this idea, like you said, it's always most of the podcasts are guys that have made a lot of money uh, in the business. And there's not many of guys trying to get there, trying to climb that that mountain. Um, so, yeah, this is a, a amazing platform and a great uh, theme uh, to go through or to go by, I should say. Yeah. So for those who don't know who you are, who is Chris Wild? Man, I could I don't think we have the time to finish that question. Who is Chris Wild? Um, Chris Wilde is, uh, well, let's start with who Chris Wilde was. Chris Wilde was a scrawny kid from um, Dover, Delaware, uh, with aspirations to um, just continue to be the biggest wrestling fan ever. And uh, he turned into what he never thought he would be, and that's an actual pro wrestler. Um, I've been doing this. uh, People ask me, like, when did you start wrestling? And I, it's it's kind of like a, a different question for me because I could say when I started training, which was way back in 2004, I started, it was the first time I started to train and actually thought I could do this. Um, but it wasn't, it wasn't serious for me then. So it didn't really get serious. I didn't really start wrestling like 
every weekend and 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 making the the drives as they say till about 2010 um when i was uh put into the ecwa super eight tournament uh and I, look uh chris wilde has been through the ups and downs of the wrestling business the ups and downs of life like everybody has been um you know i i adopted the name the heart killer because i had my heart set on a lot of things in my life and it always got broke but the one thing that I did was with those broken pieces is put it back together. And I said, well, I want to be the heart killer because of the guys that I face in the ring. I don't want once you kill something, it's gone forever. Once it's broken, it can be fixed. And uh, I, I've adopted that and, and put it towards um, just about everything I do professionally now. Um, and I'm going strong. I feel like I'm in uh, professionally the best um, shape of my life as far as uh in the ring um and knowing what to do in there and i'm just absolutely loving this next phase of my career yeah no doubt like and i i've, I've been watching you for a couple years now like yeah. you know since i got in since i was able to break in and you know sicken is my trainer so like getting to watch awesome. him work with everybody and so yeah. it's it's interesting to watch certain people but more in particular i'm watching you and i'm watching the way that you, know, you work and learn and keep moving and, and adopting and stuff so i've definitely been a fan and just like you know not in like the marquee sense, but just kind of like as a student of the game, like watching well, and understanding like how you're you're continuing to grow and evolve. And you I, had this like killer match actually, uh, just this past weekend. If, for full transparency, for those who are watching this, yeah. I should recording this on August 9th. Uh, we had this match with Silas Young that was like a twenty yeah. minute barn burner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was uh, man, I. <laughs> It was one of my better matches in my career. I got to be honest with you, but uh, just to rewind for a second, man, don't like, I don't be afraid of that, that word Mark, like the, it's such a negative term in a way, but at the same time, like we're all marks. Like I'm a, I'm a, I'm still a wrestling Mark. Like I, you know, like I, I mean, dude, I was watching uh, like SummerSlam 94, like a couple days ago and, and marking out, I'm in a room full of wrestling action figures. Like, it's uh don't don't be afraid of that term but yeah the the match with silas young dude was um it was uh intimidating to say the least uh if you want me to go into a little story about how that day went i can do that um but that was for those that don't know who silas young is uh man definitely check him out on, on check hit that youtube right now pause this go check him out two-time roh tv champion um, if you look at the guy, he looks like he looks like a brawler. He looks like a, a mean, like his his um uh they call him the last real man. That's what he goes by. And he looks like a mean dude that you'd see at a bar that you just don't want to piss off. And you watch him wrestle, and he's like one of the better technicians in the country. Like I watch this guy go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Jonathan Gresham, who I think is the best technical wrestler right now. Uh if if you've watched him. I've seen him face guys like Dalton Castle, like Jake Briscoe. Um, I mean, the guy is just so well-rounded, and it was intimidating going into that. And like I said, I've done a lot of things in the wrestling business. I faced a lot of guys, but there was something about this match, and it was the 1CW Hall of Fame show, um, and there was something about this match that just really intimidated me. Uh, and you'll learn as you go through your career in wrestling. In the You'll, you'll go into certain matches, and you'll hear – and I think it happens to everybody, uh, even guys that have had contracts. Um, you'll hear certain voices that are like, man, he he doesn't like 
I don't think he can hang with this guy or, you know, this guy's been everywhere. Like, what has he done? Like, this is not going to be, this is going to be a throwaway match or this is going to be um, a match where the one guy uh, mails it in and you hear those voices. So I, I kind of, and look, I don't, I didn't hear them from the outside. They were kind of in my own head. Uh, so going into that just made the match mean so much more. As we talked about, that arena was legit 90 degrees inside. No air conditioned. Um, now the staff there did everything they could to make it better. Big fans. And there was probably around 400 people there. Um, so there was that kind of pressure. And I, uh, Silas Young did a seminar earlier in the day. And uh, normally when you get to the building, you get to get a little bit of time in the ring to kind of uh, loosen up. Um, think about what you're going to do, feel how the ropes are, the whole thing. And um, the seminar kind of ate up a big chunk of time to where we really didn't get a lot of ring time before the show. So I was in there with Mark Haro, who helped train me as trainer for 1CW. And um, we were we did something, and I, the way I landed, uh, I kind of tweaked my ankle a little bit. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. Like, why is this happening right now? Normally, that would be in my head, dude, and I would be messed up. And uh, I just kind of put it in the back of my head. I had a really good conversation with Sean Hardy. They were doing the Hall of Fame. Kevin Brittingham went in. He is uh, was important to that company. He unfortunately passed away months ago, uh, COVID-19. And Sean said to me, and like this was a private conversation, but I'm sure he won't mind me telling you. He said, you guys are up first and I need you up first because the crowd is going, there's going to be a lot of emotions. The crowd's kind of going to be down and we need somebody that can bring them, can bring them up and, and uh, you know, make pretty much make them happy after being so sad that right there. It's like, holy shit. Like now it's, <laughs> there's a whole different kind of pressure. So we went out there, man. And like, uh, and again, this is you're getting a first on this. This is a story that I really that nobody has heard yet, except for a couple of people. But um, we got in the ring, we started to to wrestle, and within we didn't really have to touch each other for about three minutes. I think that's one of the beauty of one of the the most beautiful things about this art form that we do is controlling people's emotions. And we didn't touch, and the crowd was going nuts. I mean, for probably three minutes, they're 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 into what we're doing with and again we hadn't touched each other so the crowd was there i could just tell at that moment i was like this is going to be good um we start to wrestle a little bit in delaware for those that don't know um there's a uh rule by the commission set up in delaware that if anybody bleeds that's it end of the match like they're not they're not allowed to bleed in delaware so we start to wrestle um, I'm down. This is a couple minutes in, and uh the referee says to me, he's like, You you guys, this you guys gotta finish the match. And I'm like, What? Again, it's so loud in there with the crowd, I could barely hear him. And he's like, Yeah, he's bleeding. And I look up and I just on his nose see a little bit of red, and I'm like, You gotta be kidding me. All this month of of build all the training everything that went into it just like that is going to be done um and uh what had happened was he for whatever reason had a little scrape and because it was so hot because of the sweat it made it look like it was more than it was he wiped his face and it it just stopped and it went away and he was good so we had that to deal with 
Um, as a person with anxiety, man, normally, again, that would have ruined everything for me, but we kept it together and it was, it just happened to be just a, a really wonderful match. Um, you know, I, I can't, I can't put into words the feeling of, of having a match like that, having the crowd completely into everything you're doing, then going to the back, dude. I didn't mean to get so long winded, but it was just, um, it's everything that, that I love about professional wrestling about doing this, controlling the people's emotions, working your ass off in the ring, having great chemistry with somebody and feeling like you belong afterwards. Because even like, even like I said, guys have been doing this for decades if they tell you that they've never had this kind of feeling, they're lying to you. Everybody has a feeling where they want to go out there and prove themselves in one way or the other. And, and that was uh, the way I thought about Saturday. So no, that's lit though. It, it's, it's funny because yeah. like, I remember like walking through the back and, and si- Silas like stopped me and he was like, Hey, do you know where Chris Wild is? And I had legit just seen you maybe like 30 seconds before like you're yeah. you're in the back room you're in the locker room and then you had just like stepped out and i was like and as i turned to look the point where you were you weren't there and i was oh, like yeah. he was right there and i'm sitting next to person. i was like yo this man is very intimidating he is <laughs> like, yeah yeah and i was like he was right there i saw him go out yeah you can't miss him and he was like okay no problem yeah. and then like Right when I turned, he was walking. You were walking in. I was like, "Oh, there!" And then he was like, "All right," but I was like, <laughs> I "Was like, oh, just yeah. like that brief interaction with him." And I guess like every time like I got around him too, like I got like wide eyed because, you know, like you said, man, like this is one of, one of the best technicians in the world. Yeah. And I'm just sitting here, just in awe of like watching this man go through and just and he was super nice. And I was sitting here like looking like a deer in the headlights. I was just. Nah. <laughs> yeah he was and i hate to ruin his gimmick but he was a good he was a nice guy man he was a really nice dude and um you know after the match like you know we had a a, a good conversation um and i think that is and to any up-and-coming wrestlers that are, are watching this uh if i could give any advice there well there's a b- bunch of things i can get into with advice but, but one of the things is like find somebody you can learn from like every, like you have your training, like sickened is your trainer. What a great talent he is. We had our first one-on-one match months ago and first time we ever touched same thing. You know, it was just a a great match. The chemistry was there. Everything clicked. The crowd was into it. Um, uh, But you have your trainer and he can only show you so much. And, And he'll tell you that he can only teach you so much when you, so now it's up to you to, uh, what do they say that on the job training, basically, and you find somebody, you know, that you can learn from. So that's a, I tell a lot of promoters, you know, like, I just want to, I'm still learning, like put me in. I don't have a, my name's not on a contract anywhere. So I, I'm, I, I still need to learn. That's the way I look at it. So, uh, you know, I just tell people like, get in there, find people that you can learn from in the ring, take it as a learning experience. Um, after every match, I ask, what do you got for me? Is there anything, uh, any critiques that you have? I want to hear the negative shit. I don't want somebody to say to me, oh, it was great. Everything was good. No, no, no. Like, give me, even if it's the smallest thing, you know, I'm a little bit too quick on something. Or if I didn't, if I pulled back too much on something, let me know. Uh, that's, that's how you get better. I think so. that's the important thing too, is that like, I so I recently had a match and I was asked for critiques 
and like a list of negative things came through, right? And uh, the person was like, hey, man, like, I don't mean to be so negative about you. I was like, no, 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 no. I was like, because if you're not talking about the good stuff, that means I'm doing them right, and that's fine. I was yeah. like, but if you're talking about the negative things, these are the little things that are going to make the bigger picture better. And I think yeah. a lot of people, when they go and they ask for critiques, they're looking for, like, that little ego boost. And yeah. I'm always looking for that opposite. I'm looking for I'm – not, I'm not saying to help turn myself down because that's not what I mean, but I just mean in the sense of, like, I want to be able to take notes just write yeah. stuff down and understand like, hey, oh, this is this is something you work on. And I'm always writing stuff in my notebook. Like I have it with me everywhere. So yeah. I, I'm willing to sit back and take notes and just sit back and listen to people tell me like, hey, uh, your footing was off here. Um, your tie-up was a little lacking here. Your intent isn't as strong here. Like I'm I look back yeah. and I'm like, all right, cool. Let me fix these. And that's that's the perfect mindset to have. You know, like you said, I don't some guys want to hear like that they're how great the match was. First off, you know how the match was. You already know when you go to the back. Like you said, I want to know like what if you tell me my footing was off, I'm going to work on that and it's going to be better the next match. Like you want these bad things, you want to hear these things so you can get better and the notebook thing, man, that's a lost art. Uh, a lot of guys uh when I was coming up had the notebooks and they would every match write what went right, what went wrong, the crowd, even the size of the crowd. And people stop doing that, man, for whatever reason, social media or whatever. Um, that's a great habit to have is having that notebook in your in your gear bag and, and doing that. That's that's really awesome stuff. It's funny because like this podcast has kind of like opened up a lot. Like I said, like at the beginning of the show, we're like 270 episodes into this ep- in the show wow. now. And I've been able to pick the brains of like a lot of different people, but the one consistent message and like, and this was, I think this was like more of a blessing in disguise than anything. But in the first few episodes that we did, a lot of people kept talking about having a notebook or do, you know, jotting in a notebook, writing in a notebook. So it got pounded into my head to the point where I'm like, yo, let me grab this notebook. Let me start jotting some notes down. Let me come up with ideas for what my wrestling gimmick may be or what my character wants to look like or how he wants to portray himself in the ring and why he portrays himself the way he does. It's just like, you can build this world with just a simple notebook. And I yeah. and I've been doing it for almost two years now. And I'm like, yo, this is a lot of fun. And even now I went back this morning and was like reading stuff from my past. And I was like, oh dang, here's one where it says slow down, enjoy the process. And yeah. like, you know, instead of thinking of the next move, think of what your character would do in this time. And it's it's a lot, but it's like you get to learn so much. It's so much fun. And I, I definitely benefited from like the first few episodes of like the podcast, as well as being in the ring with a bunch of, bunch of random people, whether it was like uh, a Mad Max Morrison or Darius Carter or Beastman, like all these guys all had huge critiques and stuff to give me and help me in there. And I would start writing stuff down. And I remember one time Beastman was like, you don't need that book. And so like he started downloading information to me and I just like yeah. remembered all of it. And went back to my notebook and wrote all back in my notebook. Yeah, hell yeah. 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 Cool. But so one thing that I will uh, ask, right, and it's one of my favorite questions to ask everybody, what's the worst bump you've taken? Oh, man. That's a good question. Damn, what's the worst bump I've ever taken? Hmm. Oh, (sighs) I want to say, and this is like, Man, this is going back for me. My first couple of years in the business, um, I wrestled in Freising, Germany. And uh, the arena was 
one of those, and I'm sure you've probably seen some videos of places like this. They didn't have guardrails and they didn't even have chairs. It was just a ring and then droves of people just around the ring. But they all knew their, their place. We went into Germany as uh, the heels, Team America, right? Now they told us that don't push that too hard because these people take that shit like they still believe, like they take that shit for real. So, uh, of course, two years in the business, I didn't listen. Um, I was wrestling against a guy that spoke German. I didn't. I didn't. And it pretty much went through the referee. Uh, so, of course, I, I went a little bit too far. Um, there was a spot in the match where I was climbing up to the top. He grabbed me and was going to throw me to the outside. And I was like, it'll be fine. They probably got... they've got pads or whatever out there. We didn't have time to work in the ring before we, it was kind of, like I said, some from Saturday, I didn't have a chance to even see what the outside looked like. Um, Cause there was things going on. There was people out there. I took, he just grabbed me and I kind of just took a flip bump to the outside, dude. And it felt like every little bit of air. Once I hit the ground, it was just like not concrete, but uh, it was just a ground. Like there was like dirt it felt like every bit of air came out of my body. I couldn't breathe. And on top of that, the people started trying to grab me. So like, because they didn't like, because I was a heel. So all you see is me go, I got the video somewhere and you see people just like, almost like jumping on me and nobody was hitting me, but they were trying to grab me or they're pushing me around. So I couldn't even get my breath. One of the guys that I came uh, to the country with had to run out and do like a legit run in to to grab me and put me back in the ring and i'll never forget that because like i said it was like being out of breath and feeling like you're someone's going to try to kill you at the same time it was the it was the worst the bump if i did it anywhere else probably wouldn't be that bad but uh yeah they just that was that was terrible <laughs> terrible <Okay>. feeling <laughs> and other bumps i've taken man like i don't know but what it is with my body so i'm legit five foot seven um my knock on wood here, man. I don't want to, I, I really don't want to test fate, but I've never really taken besides that. And even that wasn't that bad. I've never really taken a bump. That's been like, holy shit. Uh, I did a spot on Monday night raw where Braun Strowman threw me from the ring, literally onto the entrance way where there were no pads and everybody thought like I was dead. And I, I swear to you, it didn't hurt. Not even a little bit. Like it felt, I felt great going into the back. Um, The Ronda Rousey bump didn't hurt. You know, it just, it was on the ground and it didn't hurt. I feel like because I'm so, because I'm of my size, I feel like maybe a little bit more compact to where if I was a little bit taller, I'd probably get fucked up. It'd probably be, you know, probably bad, but yeah, I've just never, it's just never, I've never had anything. Knock on wood. Really crazy happened to me. Yeah. Um, I was like, now I remember, I remember the Rousey, the Rousey one. I was like, dang, like getting yeah. flipped around and stuff. I was like, oof. Now I broke my wrist in the ring with, um, that was the worst injury I've ever had. I broke my wrist in the ring. We were in the showboat in Atlantic City. Um, before GCW had that building, ECWA had it. And I worked Joe Gacy. We had a big feud. And I, I did a missile drop kick. I've done it a million times, a million times. And just this day, the way I landed, I put my hand down and my wrist completely shattered. Uh, 
it was terrible. We maybe went a couple more minutes just to get get the match over with, and then I went right to the emergency room. It was, it was terrible. The, uh, the worst. That's what it reminds me of. Like it's weird because I know like the first time that you and Sicken actually were in the ring together was like one of his first matches back after shattering his elbow. Yeah, he told me that story, and I was like, oh my god, because it was. It, he wasn't even – it wasn't anything huge that he did. You see, he got ran into the the post, right? Was that – Yeah. And it's just like, oh, my – and it put him out for months. Yeah, and, and that – it was weird because he told me, he's like, yo, I've taken – he's like, I've, I've done this numerous times. And yeah. just like you said, this one time that it was just, you know – and I it was remember, – I remember, like, talking to him about this because we went back and watched the film, and we were talking about it, and he kept telling people, like, Hit it on the rebar, like because the yeah. way that the post is, he's like hit, hit on the rebar. I was like, no, dude, the hook of the post oh. went into your skin Gosh. and ripped everything. I was like, stop. I was like, and I was like, one, it it's pretty lame to tell people that you hit it on the rebar when you didn't, but two, it's way cooler to tell people that you broke your elbow on a hook versus. <laughs> like, <laughs> Damn, I just cringe thinking about that. Yeah, oh, man. And he was like, he's like, oh, that's what happened. I was like, well, because like we were talking, he's like, I don't understand like why I was bleeding. I was like, I do. And mm. I kept trying to tell him like, this is what happened. And we went back and looked at the foot and we probably looked at it like 80, 90 times. And then finally it it clicked. And he was just like, oh, because we were talking about it. Um, We were at practice. We were training. And I was just walking and I legit hit the post how he would have. And he was just like, Oh wow! And then, yeah, Damn. Yep. Terrible. And now, and now he's like, "Oh, I'm back now," but he can't like, you know, one arm's like, "I can't stretch this out as far yeah. as the other one." <laughs> so Oof. it's wild. Yeah. No pun intended. No pun intended. <laughs> Yo, uh, after a match, we all have these things, and I want to know what's your uh, what's your post match snack or post match meal? Oh, uh, dude. So, so uh, weeks that I have matches. Normally, Sundays are my cheat day, right? It's Saturday night into Sunday when I have matches. So I don't really eat like the whole day. I'll have something like a protein bar for energy. Um, Dude, after a match, especially after a good match, man, I want to, I want, or is this a, can we cuss on this? Oh, yeah. Okay. (laughs) I want to fucking disgusting when i say disgusting i mean as far as like not good for your body uh extra cheese pizza with pepperoni and ricotta cheese that's dude that's my go-to um if i'm in the car with a bunch of guys and that can't happen there's nothing like some uh some wings some some buffalo wings you know something to remind me like dude i deserve this shit you know (laughs) Um, but that's it. A lot of companies like one CW had some pizza in the back. I didn't touch it because it's not the same. I was like, it's not the same. I need that first, you know, gooey, nasty, oily taste of pizza. Um, and then as you know, sometimes, man, like you're just places where again, like you can't you might get done too late. They're in a pizza shop. So you gotta hit the Wawa or the sheets, depending on where you're at. Um but yeah, if I could, man, it's just again, it's a big nasty slice of pizza, man. Hook me up. <laughs> and, I know for and, me, like I know for me, uh, especially when we're at one CW, uh, we hit that that Rofos, that Royal Farm, okay. right yeah. off to the right. 
because it's you know it's still another two hour drive for us so we're just like all right let's go and we just jump (laughs) we drive right there real quick stop and then bounce and then we're out doing whatever yeah it's it's rough uh so you've been in for quite some time like you said you started training in 20 uh 2004 really started taking back in 2010 so you probably have one of these and i just want to know what's the hardest lesson you've had to learn in the business oh man this is um that's a good question too uh shoot (sighs) there's a couple so the first one is and i should have listened i kick myself and i still to this day it's something that's tough uh that the hardest one of the hardest lessons i learned in wrestling is professional wrestling is 90 percent cosmetic it's 90 percent, maybe more it might be more than that and when i say that and my trainer uh i was trained by a guy named jeff rocker um and and mark haro too but jeff rocker he was trained by simon diamond he was a he wrestled for CZW, did some some uh, job stuff for WWE. Uh, he was a real big guy. He was a you could tell like if you saw him in an airport, you'd be like he does something. I don't know what he does, but he does something. And coming in, I wanted to just I, I wanted to do moves. I wanted to flip around. I wanted to jump to jump off the top rope. I wanted to put on those five star matches. And he kept saying, "You need to work out. You need to get in the gym. You need to work out, and, and you need to discipline your diet." Now I'm good. I can do a Hercaron. I can do a moonsault. And then after the show, I'm going to go to the bar and I'm going to drink. And it's going to be a party for me. And that was how it was for years. Uh, once 2010 hit, the partying kind of went down a little bit. Um, but I still wasn't in the gym like I should have been. I had all these opportunities in front of me. And because guys looked better or were in better shape, you know, I, I didn't get uh, what I probably could have. And still, even today, even like I look at Saturday, I'm like, shit, like I kind of tweaked my diet a little bit um, the past two weeks and it wasn't for the better. And I'm like, damn, like I just wasn't in the shape that I need to be. So that's that was the hardest lesson. Again, I still I'm still learning by it, but it is such a cosmetic business. Um, You know, I've been around. uh, I've done some stuff with WWE and I've talked to guys on the job there. Scott Armstrong was was when he was with the company, you know, said, look, like with your size, we've look at the guys that you'd be competing with to get a job. You know, you look at Chad Gable. Uh, look how look, look how he looks. You look at Adrian Neville, what, who was there, who's uh, Pac. I mean, these guys are shredded. So they've seen every uh, and uh, Triple H did an interview with Logan Paul. I think last week and he said this, and I've heard this a million times. They've, they don't care about the moves. They've got guys that can do literally every single move you can think of. They, they want something extra, whether it's character, that can be a cosmetic thing. If you have a great character and it works kind of like an orange Cassidy, he doesn't need to be this big ripped guy. His character is the cosmetic that works for him. Um, uh, but you, you need, there's needs to be something there. And I was just so worried about the moves and the lifestyle and living that rock star wrestler lifestyle. And that's the biggest lesson for me there is like you just you have to discipline yourself to be in the gym and to look like something don't worry about the moves don't worry about the five-star matches and it's hard because you go to these places and you you see these you get you get this this is awesome chant in your head that's not what i want i i I want it to be awesome not because they chanted it because i look like a wrestler um that's one number two and this is one that uh 
everybody should follow is don't take no for an answer. Never take no for an answer. You're going to get more no's than yeses in this business, man. Like you might hit up a promoter and, and they might say, no, don't quit. Keep bothering them every month. Send them your shit. Hey, here's, you know, be respectful about it. Hey, here's a new picture of me. Hey, here's a new match of mine. Keep going, keep going, keep going. Never take no for an answer because once you do, it's over. You know, I hate to be the cliche guy, but uh, you miss out on every shot you don't take, right? Um, and, it, and it's hard, man. It's so hard because you get tired of the nose. And so a lot of times it can, you know, it can it can bring it down. Like I, I suffer from uh, anxiety and depression. Um, and at times, you know, before now, like I've, I don't take any kind of medicines or anything, but I go to therapy and it's treated. So I know how to handle it. But years ago, Dude, I didn't, man. There were days, there were days I didn't feel like doing shit because, you know, oh, I, I'm not booked for a said show on this day. I must be a piece of shit. You know? So yeah, if I could if those are two big lessons. Wrestling's cosmetic. You know, look the part and look better than the part and don't take no for an answer. I think those are the the biggest things um that I would give to somebody. No, and and those are all those are all just great life lessons too. But there's yeah. also something in there too that you kind of like you kind of touched on, and I think it may go without going. So I want to heart back on it, right? Uh, but mental health, man, is such a massive thing, right? Like you said, yeah. you're gonna hear no a lot of times, and it's gonna be beating down, and you're gonna think, man, I must not be doing the right things, so or I don't know what I'm doing, and I'm not, I maybe I'm not as good as I think I am, and you you probably are as good as you think yeah. you are, but you have to understand that, like. You, you, if you start to feel a point where you think that you're a piece of shit and that you need to like, just, I'm going to throw it all away. Don't find someone to help you. Like yeah. ask for help. Like it's okay to ask for help. Cause it's definitely mm-hmm. important. And I, I agree. Like I suffer from, uh, I'm high anxiety as well as suffer from yeah. PTSD from the military. And I tell people all the time, like it is okay to not be okay. Yeah. Just reach out and either one, no pun intended for this tag somebody in. Right. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah. You know, look for someone to get your six because at the end of the day, we need everybody needs help. Exactly, it's such a big thing, man. People, when you know, when I was growing up, it was like you're not a man if you, if you're weak, if you need to talk to somebody. Like that's the kind of environment like that I was in, and it's like you know, you get now that mental health is is uh, taken more seriously. Um, therapy was like the best shit I could do, man. Like it was like. Just, just being able to talk to somebody and not care if they ju- will know that they don't, they're not judging you because it's not their job, but it's, it's a big deal. And it's like, you get a lot of people in your life, family members, friends, it'll be like, uh, man, why don't you just talk to me? Just, just hit me up. Just talk to me. And it's like, at times it's like, no, because I care what you think, you know, like my best friend, uh, he was uh his name's Zach the Ripper Connor. He was he's works for DCW in Delaware. At times he's like, dude, just call just call me. If you're feeling a certain way, just hit me up. It's like, no. I care what I care about how you think. So I don't even though you're telling me you won't think bad about me, I don't even want to I don't even want to chance it. Same with family. I don't want you to think this way about me. So having a therapist who I have no personal relationship with is beautiful, man. It's you know, um, it's a great thing because like you said, this is this business, the mental health is so important here. Again, I I feel like I had a good match Saturday. But it all it takes, well, back in the day, now it's different. 
All it would have took back in the day is one asshole to say, like, oh, it was you, I don't know, you missed a step here. And I'd be like, fuck. Yeah. You could have 30 positive comments. It's just that one. And you're like, damn, I'm never yep. looking at this again. So, yeah, man, get some help if you need it, like you said. It's funny, too, because, like, I remember when I first started. And mind you, like, and we're I, we're both about the same age, which is funny. But uh, when I was starting a couple years ago, I was in a practice match, right? And um, like it started off okay, and then it just and it was a practice match. Practice, it the shit went downhill so quick, and um, like we there were spots forgotten. There was just a lot that was in the match that just didn't need to be there, especially when you have like two people who are legitimately probably like six months in, like just training. And I got frustrated, right? And I got so frustrated that I, I lost my cool for a quick minute. And in that quick minute, I just, I let out a lot of steam and uh, Nick ended up sitting me down. He goes, dude, he's like in this business. It's not, if you're going to get injured, it's when you're going to get injured. But more importantly, it's not if you're going to screw up, but when you're going to screw up yeah. and when you screw up, it's fine. He's like, it's okay. Just, look at it, laugh at it, and then keep it pushing. And when he said that to me, everything clicked to the point where I was like, I was in a match. I missed a step. Like, I was in a match, like, in front of a crowd. I missed a step, and I just kept going, right? And Nick pulled me to the side. He's like, oh, man, like, you did a really good job, but you had this one awkward spot in it. I know you're going to harp on it. It's like, no, dude, like, I don't care. Yeah. He's like, well, I, was like, I, I don't. I understand what you're saying to me, and I'm going to take it down. I don't care. I was like, it's out there. It's done. Like, I'm just going to try to move on to the next step and just learn from what happened. And he was just like, oh, okay. Yeah. And, think, yep. Yeah. And I was like, yo, I, and he's like, he's like, what, what's changed? I was like, it's not if you screw up, it's when you screw up. And I've uh, learned that lesson. <laughs> and so it's definitely, you just, I don't know when it comes to mental health, like you have to remember, like, you're going to have some bad days. You're going to have some good days, but just understand that. Yes, there are people who are care about you, but if you find that person, like you said, that you can talk to that isn't going to judge you, that's the best. It's a perfect, really perfect. So you've been in for a long time. You have a lot of, <laughs> you've been in a lot of different locker rooms. So I need to know one do and one don't of the locker room. Um, shoot. Uh, one don't. Man, I feel like there's so many. Um. One don't, I, I would say, is like, don't be a pig. Uh, clean up after yourself um, and realize, like, your surroundings, you know? Um, don't keep your sh throw your shit everywhere or, or be annoying. Um, really, just be, uh, you know, show your manners. There's nothing worse than going into a locker room with guys that don't clean up after themselves or they smell um or they're changing in front of females like it's just be conscious of your surroundings i guess what i would say and don't be a pig and one do uh is if you're in a locker room with vet with vets do find a time to talk to them and uh without being annoying like with, and i mean not when they're putting their match together or when they're eating or when they're on the phone but if you find a time where you see that they're not doing anything, definitely go up to them, introduce yourself because they'll remember a face 
there's so many there's so many assholes in this business they re- they remember the good ones and uh you know ask any questions limit it to like two that that you might have even even say i i tell the story people um and again i'll go quick here because it's i i actually do have a i have a shoot job i work in a prison so it's getting it's getting almost time for that but uh i was in a locker room with scott hall uh this is probably three or four years ago um when he was doing really well and uh I had a match. It was the first. It was the first match on the card um, with a guy named Shane Andrews, who was, was really good. And I, I went up to Scott. I introduced myself, and I was, uh, I'm, I keep to myself. I'm more of an introvert, like in regular life. But I'm like, man, I don't know when I'm ever going to see Scott Hall again. I love this guy as a kid. Uh, and I, I said, hey, would would you mind watching my match? Like I'm first. Would you mind watching if you had? the opportunity he said, yeah he said to me um he said because i said to him i said i feel funny asking this because i know you're probably going to be busy but can you watch my match and he said don't feel funny he said everybody should be asking me he said everybody here should ask me he said you know I'm, i've done some shit uh he said so oh and he told me that always ask uh, and i said okay and i figured he wasn't going to watch <laughs> i was like he's not going to watch and i came to the back and he found me and uh, went over just about all the all of every part of my match with me, and it was like man, like that was one of the coolest things that ever happened to me, it, like in my career. Like have a guy like Scott Hall actually watch your shit. I, again, I'm five foot seven, man. Like like Scott's a dude that I looked at and I was like, he's a he's a guy that likes big guys, you know. But man, he took a real interest in, in me and in that match. I'll never forget that. So again, and, and that was such a good moment for me. And now that Scott unfortunately is not with us. Like it's something that I'll think about and I'll always remember. And I could have, if I didn't go up and ask him, I'd never have that memory. I'd never have the knowledge that he gave me. It would just be a lot of guys just go up to, uh, I guess this could be adult too. A lot of guys will go up to guys and just, let me take a picture. You know what I mean? Like, let me take a, and, and not even ask, not even ask the guy like, Hey, any questions? Like they'll have a guy that's been on TV and they'll want a picture for their social media, but won't ask like anything. Hey man, like, uh, you know, I, it could be anything. It, hey, what, what, what color gear do you think works best on TV? It could be anything. Um, you know, Hey, I'm wearing trunks. Does, does it look right? Do you think it could be literally just anything? And they don't, they don't ask. They just take the pictures and whatever. Um, JJ Dillon told me once, uh, you know, if, if it's a legend, if it's somebody that, as a legend in the business and you feel like you might not ever see again, the pictures are fine. You know, if it's a uh, Ric Flair, Tully Blanchard, somebody like that. Um, but, you know, if it's a guy like, uh, and again, I, I'm not nothing against any of these guys, but if it's just a guy that was mid card on WWE, it's not working in the locker room and you go up and you grab a picture with them and don't ask him any, any questions, he's probably going to look at you as, you know, like we said, using that negative term mark. That's when it's the negative term. So, uh, so yeah, ask for questions, ask questions to the legends. Don't be annoying. And, uh, man, try to stay away from the, try to stay away from those pictures unless, <laughs> I mean, I've been a victim of it sometimes. I'll take, you know, I think I got a picture of me and like Enzo or something somewhere, but uh, I try not to, man. It's funny because like, I go up to people and I'll introduce myself like, hey, you know, I'm Cliff, you know, I'm working as Red Dog. And the next question out of my mouth is, 
can you be on my podcast? Because like at this point, everything to me is a wrestling seminar. Any yeah, questions cool. that I have at this part. And I'm like, let me ask you. And then they're like, oh yeah, what's your podcast about? And then I'll just give them the quick elevator pitch. And then usually by then they're like, just send me an email or send me a message on social media and I'll get back to you. Cause yeah. I def- and then uh, the best thing was we had a former WWE superstar in the locker room this last week. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I definitely asked him and he was like, yes, I mean, email." he's like, I definitely want to help you out. He's like, this is the, this is really cool. And yeah. I was like, there we go. So yeah, ask mm-hmm. questions. And of course they're going to say is no. And at that point you don't take no for an answer. You just keep asking them later. Yeah. Just, yeah, man. Like, and that's when you'll, you'll learn who like the good guys are in, in the business. And some guys just, they say, don't meet, meet your heroes. Right. <laughs> right. But. So listen, uh, we're going to get into the second best segment of the three count podcast. People try to figure out what the first is. It's the Red Dogs Power Rankings. You can find them on some of our Sunday shows because it's kind of been spotty lately. But yeah. this is the three count podcast, 10 count questions. And this is how it works. Mr. Wild, I'm going to fire off 10 questions at you rapid fast. Okay. And, uh, whatever's your answer, that's your answer. <clears throat> Let's do it. So we're going to put on an imaginary timer for add pressure. Bing. And All in right. the words of Mike Goldberg, here we go. Smackdown or Raw? Uh, Smackdown. Favorite movie? Uh, Goodfellas. Sonic or Mario? Mario. Favorite cartoon? Um, uh, the Simpsons. A Android or Apple? Apple. Favorite actor? Uh, Sylvester Stallone. Let's go. PlayStation or Xbox? PlayStation. Favorite podcast? Um, the uh, Three Count. Right. this one this one. Uh, <laughs> this one uh you know what else so i've i've listened to i listened to a lot is um the kevin nash podcast which just came out yes. excellent uh nominate one person that you want to see on this show uh damn only one i can name a million uh i uh mark Haro, who is uh this he's works for one cw he helped train me this guy is like a savant and i think more people need to know who he is I like it. I like so. it a lot. And then last but not least, my favorite question to ask every single person who comes on this podcast. Favorite curse word. Uh, <laughs> favorite curse word is the F word. Let's go. That's what's yeah. necessary. In there life. you go. Yeah. <laughs> so last question. Last thing I have for you is just to let our listeners and our viewers know where they can find you. Um, you can find me at the Chris Wild on Twitter. Um, Facebook Chris Wild. I do have a little podcast of my own. Um, that really as busy as it's been, I have not paid as much attention to, you can still find content on there maybe twice a week. And, uh, I'm a big Philadelphia Eagles fan. So I do a podcast to the team. It's called the Eagles news now podcast. Find all my stuff on YouTube. Um, and sometimes I'll do some movie reviews and stuff like that too. Really? It came in handy during the pandemic. I because I I couldn't go to the gym. I didn't. I still I'm a first responder, so I still worked. Yeah, but I was like, screw it. I got this this iPhone. I'm gonna do some uh, some videos on something I'm passionate about and football and and Philadelphia sports is one of those. Bet. Well, um, there you go. He gave you his handles. He told you where you can find his podcast too. So go yeah. check it out. Subscribe to it. But like every great part of a wrestling match. We got to take this home because this is the Three Count Podcast presents Now Winter Ring, and I'm your host, Clifford Red Dog Miller. Man, that leads you well to this mountain called wrestling. But like every good Sherpa, you got to have someone who's been there, done that, and can do it more efficiently than you can. That's why it's never about me. It's about who's entering the ring. 
You see him right there, okay? He is the heart killer himself. Chris Wilde, you guys know what to do. Tune into the next episode and be there. Or you're subscribing to our YouTube channel. You're following us all of our social media platforms, which are right here on the bottom. Mm -hmm. You're even going out and subscribing to us on even Apple iTunes or you're finding us on Spotify. Subscribe there. You're going around to our pro wrestling tees. You're buying our merch right there. You see it in the center. And then, you know, you're doing all that stuff. Or you're, you're just waiting for this episode to end. You're waiting for the outro, and then you're choosing another episode to listen to. Peace. Peace. What's going on, Three Count Nation? I'm Clifford Red Dog Miller with the catchphrase. But what I really want to do right now, go to twitter.com, right? Go over there. Find us at the three count underscore pod. Give us a follow. Give us a like. Give us a comment. We want to talk to you guys. Go to IG at the three count pod. Give us a like, give us a follow, leave us a comment. We want to interact with you. Go to youtube.com, give us a subscribe, turn the bell on, turn on notifications, leave a comment. We want to talk to you. Go to anger.fm forward slash the three count podcast and in there you can leave us a message and we will talk to you. Basically what I'm trying to tell you is that we want to talk to you. We want to have fun with you guys and we love listening to what you guys have to say. Also one thing I need you to do for me, the three count podcast also has merchandise. At ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the three count pod. Please go buy our t-shirts. We love you guys and we hope you love us too. So show us some support, please.